With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. Hey everybody, that was Modest Mouse with Float On from one of the most underrated albums of all time, Good News for People Who Love Bad News. And I am Doug Robertson, host of Southern Fried Soccer and reporter for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, focusing on Atlanta United. As always, you can follow me on Twitter at Doug Robertson AJC, on Facebook at Atlanta United News Now, and I hope that you will consider subscribing to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. And thank you for your emailing me your questions, which I'm going to answer in just a bit. Atlanta United defeated Chicago 3-1 to on Saturday at Mercedes-Benz Stadium, thanks to a terrific goal from Ezekiel Barco, an own goal, and a finale from Emerson Hyman. It was the team's first game at the stadium this season, and the first time it has played in front of a crowd of more than 20,000 since doing so in front of more than 67,000, and the second game last year against Cincinnati. It was a, a really fun night last night. It was good to see Joe Patrick and, and Mike and, and Jason and Kyle and Sam and, and John and Chris Winkler and Justin and Chris Ramondi and, and eat warm food and have Carvel ice cream and, and just see people. Um, you know, the, the team and the stadium and everyone t- have took immense steps to keep everyone safe and socially distant, uh, and it's appreciated by everyone, I'm sure. As we beginning begin to take a few kind of small steps toward normalcy, but please continue to do what you're supposed to do. Continue to wear your mask. Continue to just to be safe. Um, now back to the soccer. Uh, Atlanta United will host Philadelphia on Tuesday at Mercedes-Benz Stadium in the home leg of their Champions League quarterfinal series. The team will follow that with a league game on May 1st at New England, which is a tough place to play. Now let's go through the goals. Atlanta United took a 1-0 lead on a goal by Barco in the 23rd minute, dribbling across the field, he, which is kind of what he likes to do. He'll go from the left side across to the right as he tries to get a shot off on his right foot. He won a foul in the middle of the pitch about 25 yards from goal. He hit his free kick into the wall, and it came bouncing back to him into the right. He and Santiago Sosa kind of uh, went for the ball at the same time. Barco got to it first, and put all of his 150 pounds into a curling shot that went off the underside of the crossbar and into the upper left corner. It was a fantastic goal. Uh, it was one that he didn't get to see. He hit it so hard. He put so much into it. 
that he landed on his back and didn't get to see it go in. The only way he knew he'd scored is because he heard the crowd cheering. So I hope he gets to watch that on video because it was, uh, it was an awesome shot. I sent him a photo that one of our photographers took. I have no idea if he checks messages. Um, I'll do that from time to time for uh, kind of cool photos or cool moments for the players um, just because. Chicago tied the game within two minutes after the start of the half. Uh, from it, it started with a low cross by Boris Sekulich. It was a fantastic cross. It was a one-timer from a diagonal across the field to the right. He one-timed it back across. It went just in front of Walks. I think it was just far enough that Walks couldn't get to it, and it happened so fast that he didn't have time to slide. To Robinson, who either may have been surprised that Walks didn't get to it, afraid that if he touched the ball he would turn into his own net, or it just got kind of caught between his feet as he was taking his steps with his uh, mark. And finally to Lukas Stojanovic, who beat Gurr to the back post and scored. Some of you think I'm blaming Gurr for the goal by my description. I'm not. I'm just describing the play. There was a collective failure uh, on that goal. It was a nice goal by Chicago, a uh, very nice goal. Um, and that's how it happened. Atlanta United rallied, uh, something it do, didn't do a lot of, or actually not at all, last year, to take a 2-1 lead in the 66th minute on an own goal against Chicago's Johan Kapilov. Uh, the goal was a result of a low, hard cross hit by Moreno from the right. Uh, Bobby Sh- Goalkeeper Bobby Shuttleworth came out to get it in a crowd of players. Shuttleworth just whiffed on the ball. It appeared like it hit his fists and went backward, down him, off of Kapelhoff, and then perhaps off of Mulraney, and just kind of rolled into the goal. Uh, and that's all Atlanta United needed. And then as Chicago had to push forward to try to get another goal, Atlanta United became much more ruthless. And Heinemann, Emerson Hyman, sealed the win in the 86th minute when he was the quickest to react to a loose ball in the penalty box following a block of, of Mulraney's shot by Shuttleworth. The goal was set up by a fantastic run by Jurgen Dom, a very patient run, which was good to see by him. Because in the beginning of the season, he seemed a little too uh, indecisive and at the same time moving too fast. Uh, he uh, passed it to Mulraney, who did a nice kind of jig in the penalty box uh, to create some space and time to get his shot off. And that wrapped it up for Atlanta United. So now I'm going to turn to your questions. Y'all send a lot of really good questions, and I really appreciate the effort it takes to send these in and the thought that you put into them. Again, you can find me on Twitter at Doug Robertson AJC and on Facebook at Atlanta United News. Now, what are my thoughts on Franco not getting action tonight? Um, you know, I thought you might see him come in as a third center back uh, after Atlanta United got the 2-1 to lead, similar to what Heinzett did with George Campbell in that first win or that first, uh, yes, I'm sorry, win at Alawalense. But he didn't get time. I'm reasonably certain you will see him on Tuesday, um, to make it, making his debut in a very important game. They're going to need two big physical bodies to go up against Philadelphia's front line. And they think that they would have thought we would see Walks move over to right back for Lennon with Franco coming in at center back instead of Jack Gurr going in. He's referring to Brooks Lennon um, and a Chicago player challenge for an aerial duel together, and Lennon got the absolute worst of it. Appears that he may have either sustained a concussion just based upon how he was being treated or uh, 
some damage to his face. He came back into the game and then he was subbed out at halftime. Hines has said they're going to watch him for 24 to 48 hours, which again is a signal of a concussion. Um, it wasn't a malicious play by the Chicago player. It was just Lennon basically jumped and appeared to just go right into the shoulder blades of the Chicago player. Christian and Matthew or Mateu asked versions of the same question. Marcelino Moreno does not look comfortable on the wing. Is there a scenario where we see a midfield three of Barco, Moreno, and Sosa, or do I see Moreno growing into the role of the wing? Mateo's part of the question was, Moreno seems to be something of a black hole at winger this season. Is it not the right place for him? Should we be playing a more natural winger instead? I think Moreno is going to need some time. Um, I think that He's better suited inside, but that seems to be where they want to play Barco right now, where Heinz wants to play Barco with Moreno on the wing. There were a couple of times that when Moreno got into that space and he got squared up toward the goal, he made some things happen. But right now, I agree with some other points that his touch looks off. His crosses are a little bit heavy. Um, he's not beating, beating people one-on-one. I think he just needs to gain a little bit of confidence playing on that wing. And then we'll see what happens. Um, but So just be patient for right now. Caleb asks, do you think the absence of clear-cut chances and the fact that a lot of the goals we've scored this season have been either like the second goal we scored versus Chicago or just pure talent such as Barco's goal? We haven't scored a goal through team play or really seem threatening through the middle for the most part. I guess what I'm trying to say is that when we're on the pitch for at least the three games before Chicago, the runs they made haven't been that good, and our offense hasn't looked that convincing. You know, I don't disagree with this point. Um, You haven't really seen a, quote, beautiful team goal from Atlanta United yet. The Dom to Mulraney to Hyman one is kind of one, but that was the result of a of a block shot that Hyman was the first to get to. I think everyone's still kind of figuring out their positions. As we were walking home last night, and this goes to another question um, that Raphael asked about where do we need to tighten things up on the field, we were joking uh, about how the team was playing because someone had asked me on Twitter about uh, Barco and Moreno not looking like they're on the same page. And in my head, I was thinking, well, has Barco looked on the same page as anyone in the past three years? And the answer is really not really. Even last night, he didn't look to be on the same page with his teammates. Um, it's, it's an odd thing. Uh, he and Mora- uh, Moreno weren't on the same page. Uh, they kind of fussed at each other a little bit. Last night on a play in the first half when Barco sent a, a pass into space and Moreno didn't run on to it. You look at the stats from last night. Uh, Barco did create two chances and he took four shots, but he only completed 78% of his passes, uh, which is kind of a sign that he and his teammates just aren't on the same page. But as I said with Moreno, I think we just need patience. Uh, everyone's learning their positions. Barco was a winger last year. Moreno was on the inside. I think things will come together at the more the team plays together. And if it doesn't, you may see Hines a switch. Uh, I think you may start seeing more switches during games with Moreno moving inside and Barco moving onto the wing just to keep defenders on their toes. I don't think wing is the best position for Barco, uh, but we'll see what happens. 
Um, and with, as far as a beautiful team goal, the same answer stands. I think everyone just needs more time on the field together, and we'll see what happens. Caleb wanted to add that he thinks Jake Mulraney would be most useful floating around the field, pulling defenders, and making runs. Um, a lot of you have been down, were down on Mulraney last year. I would point out that really no one played well last year. You could see, in my opinion, flashes of the quality Mulraney had, particularly with his crosses. I think he puts in a fantastic cross. And in the first couple of games, you're starting to see what Mulraney brings. He's very, very quick in spaces. He can beat people off the dribble enough that he can create the space to put a cross in. Typically, it's a cross into a very dangerous area. He did miss an open goal last night. He said he was disgusted with himself for missing that. He said he should have had two goals in last night's game. But as long as he keeps getting in those positions, eventually it's going to come good. I think I wrote in the season preview that I think Moraney could have five goals and five assists this season. Uh, That prediction still stands. I think that's what he can reach. Um, But we'll see what happens. Daniel says, I couldn't watch the game due to a prior commitment. What is more important than watching soccer, my man? But can I summarize the three-to-one win in one sentence? And I sent back to him something like, uh, Atlanta United is starting to awaken from its slumber. I'd love to hear your one-sentence summarization of last night's win if you want to send it to me or or just post it on Twitter. Uh, Raphael, I already answered that question. He asked a second, how many yellow cards will Guzan get this season for the amount of time he takes before kicks? Almost any kick. Uh, I didn't really pay attention to that, but I guess I will. Um, When you're playing out of the back and you're trying to find the open man to pass to, it's going to take a little bit of time. Uh, Guzan, his distribution got better as the game went on. He had a couple of shaky moments early, um, but you got to find that guy. So it takes a little bit of time to survey the field. But I will pay more attention to that, Raphael. Thank you. Uh, this question on Twitter from, uh, I think, like 50, 40, 30, or 50, 30, 20, something like that. Doug, it seems like from Sosa back, the team is set. Walks, Franco, is a good problem to have. Love our CDM, CBs, and FBs. Everyone is perfectly maximized. From the CMs forward, it's much less clear. Moreno looks like our best creative player and looks out of position. Uh, again, I've covered the Moreno stuff. Uh, when he gets the ball and runs toward the goal with options in front of him, he seems better on the left-wing island playing one-on-one. Who is he sacrificing for is my question. So that, that this is a, a good question. Um, I don't really know. Uh, Machop Chal, this is his first year. He's not going to start ahead of Moreno. He may be a spot starter. Moraney likes it better on the right than the left because he's right-footed and he thinks it gives him more options. Jurgen Dahm is still kind of settling in, I think. Um, he's much better, in my opinion, uh, as a guy to come off the bench than a starter, but it depends upon the the opponent and their game plan. So I don't think he's really starting ahead of anyone. Um, just be patient with Moreno. I think he's going to be a fantastic player. I really do. Another question, any word on Hernandez? He did not make the roster again last night. I think this is the third time in four games that he has not made a roster, so I don't know if he's not training well, just not picking up what Heinze wants uh, him to do. Mulraney was saying last night that Heinze is a tactical genius. He's never been coached by someone like that, and it's taken him a long time to understand what Heinze wants. Hernandez may be in the same boat right now. I think you'll see him on Tuesday if Lennon can't go. I don't know if he'll start or if he's going to be on the bench. But he's, they got to have a backup right back. So that's 
who it's got to be. What role does Mateus Rosetto have moving forward? Rosetto, to me, is one of the biggest enigmas on the team. Some of y'all last year put so much on him after a good performance against Birmingham's third or fourth string in a preseason friendly. And I cautioned y'all against putting too much on him. And some of you listened, some of you didn't. And he played last year and statistically just did nothing. No goals, no assists, very few expected goals, very few, a microscopic expected assist total. Um, But as I said, for Heinemann, no one did well last year. Now, Rosetto missed, I think, most of training camp. Um, He's just now back. He's he's going through the quarantine process. Um, I think you're going to have to give him some time. I think that once he plays, he would be Heinemann's backup at central midfield, uh, but I don't know when you'll see him. Having said that, you'd probably see him on Tuesday now. Um, but just give him a little bit of time too. Carlos asks, with Lennon being possibly out, who do I think is Atlanta United's bet- best option at right back? Um, he says there's a reason Hernandez hasn't made many 18, so I don't think it's going to be him. Gurr has done okay, but hasn't done anything impressive so far. Well, that's the pool of right backs, Carlos. Uh, Jurgen Dom is not a fullback. You will not see him there unless Heinze switches to a, a three-man, three-center-back back line, in which case Dom could be the wingback. Um, but that's it. All right, those are your questions. I truly appreciate it. This is another edition of the Southern Fried Soccer Podcast. Check out that Modest Mouse album. Uh, check out that song. Please consider subscribing to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution Please be a patron of all the other fine work done covering Atlanta United uh, from Soccer Down Here, Dirty South Soccer, um, Semperfy, or Semper United, sorry. Um, And I'm leaving some out, and I apologize if I am, but you know where to find them. Uh, Listen to them, read them, support them, and please support the AJC. This is Doug Robertson with another edition of the Southern Fried Soccer Podcast. The AJC's trusted veteran political voices, Greg Bluestein, Patricia Murphy, Tia Mitchell, and Bill Nygut are the essential source for Georgia politics. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution's Politically Georgia. Sign up for the newsletter, download the podcast, subscribe to the AJC. I'm Ernie Suggs, race and culture reporter for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. And I'm Ned Ravone, lifestyle columnist. Atlanta has been known as the Black Mecca for so many years, but that means something different to everybody. It means everything to me. I've been living here for 24 years and I am still amazed at how rich the city's black culture continues to grow. Every day I wake up, I learn something new. Well, you all can learn something new by subscribing to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution's new newsletter called Unapologetically ATL. It's all about the people, the events, and the entertainment happening in Metro Atlanta that black people might want to know about. Like historically black colleges and universities. Atlanta's thriving art scene. And the city's growing neighborhoods. Wherever you live, we want to hear from you. We want to hear what issues are important to you. So subscribe today at www.ajc.com slash unapologetically ATL. Only from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Mm-hmm.